With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Decide on the poll question today, Seton O'Connor, or at least some of the options we have. Well, I was going to throw out there, if you're the Lakers, how do you feel about last night's game? Hmm. You saved face by coming back, or you let one slip away? Okay. That that game was very winnable at the end. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, the approach the Lakers have to game two. It's like, hey, you know what? We figured something out. Or if you're the Nuggets and you go, man, we had that performance by our two best players and we held on for dear life. Yes, because you could look at it too the other way as like you know both teams swung their best punches and the Nuggets came out on top. Yeah, because am I going to get that performance out of Anthony Davis game two? Right, LeBron with the triple double or flirting with it, I expect that. Austin Reeves gave you a good night. Uh, Hachimura played some really good defense there late in the game or you know final quarter. It feels like the Lakers figured out something there. Uh, So how are you phrasing that? Uh, I said, saved face or let one slip away. If you're the Lakers, how do you feel about last night's game? Okay. All right. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Scott Hastings, former NBA player, Nuggets TV color analyst. He was on site for game one with the Lakers and the Nuggets. Before I get to that, do you still hold an NBA record? Uh, Dan, you know I do. And I know you're a bit proud of me, although you try to – Try to act like you're not. Uh, for slugs like me in the NBA, we grasp at any straws we can hold on to. All right. Let my audience know what NBA record you hold. Well, I'm at the other end of the spectrum of Chris Paul, and I own the NBA record of most consecutive games without a steal. <laughs> but there's two there's two parts of this record that's impressive. Okay. One, it's 54 games. Two, it, it, it went across three different seasons. So that right there, that, that, listen, I've got kids that love me. I have, I have, I have four children that love me and, and, and none of them were old enough to ever see me play really. So they just get to see the cool pictures of, you know, me blocking Dr. J shot or, you know, Michael Jordan or whatever. Um, they don't know about the record. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, congrats. But it is pride. I do. Hey, I feel a little, <laughs> little pride of that. Listen, you know, come on, Dan. I hold a little pride in that. Um, and then I think you started 19 games in your career. 12 years okay. you, you started 19 games. That is that the fewest games started by somebody? Who played 11 years yeah. and has never waved. Yeah. Uh, and I will, I'll be real honest with you. I actually am very proud of the fact that I played 11 years, averaged like two points, and was never waved. I okay. mean, I mean – I mean, that's kind of hard to do. I mean, right? I mean, you know what? You were, kind of Scott, you were the heart and soul of the teams that you played on. You know? You, well, I really, I really was. Yes. Lunch pail guy, first in, last out, you know, took care yeah. of your body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Remember, Dan, that was the beer and hot dog uh, era of the NBA. That was a whole different time. All right. Let's go back to last night. If you're the Nuggets, how do you feel about getting that win? Um, that was very typical, to be honest with you, of, of a number of wins this year. If Denver has a, in my opinion, a, an Achilles heel, if you will, um, is they 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 when they think the game's gotten easy, they kind of go, huh. um. And I thought, and I've seen them do that before, where they're up 15, 18, 20, 24, and all of a sudden here comes the starters have to come back in and rescue. And if you look at, at the numbers, they're one of the best closing teams in the NBA throughout the the season. Um, the problem is you're in the Western Conference Finals and you're playing against one of the best, if not arguably the best team, the last third of the season in all of the NBA, uh, and that's a dangerous recipe. The good that came out of it, in my opinion, you were talking about this going into break a while ago, that, that, or, or coming back into break, with Hachimura coming over and they did this, and, and they said, had a little success, I got you. Um, they also showed their hand of what's going to happen for game two. Sure. And, and instead of that coming out of game two and maybe shocking Denver and themselves pulled a big lead, I think Denver just got 48 hours to prepare for Hachimura on Joker instead of instead of Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's a great point. If uh, you were going to describe the Joker's game to somebody who hadn't seen him. Uh, I'm going to give you two stories. I went to Vladi Dibots. It was probably Joker's second year of starting or playing quite a bit. And I and I get to see him every night. I mean, I've, I've called or, or been involved in every single game uh, of Joker's career. And, and I went to Vladi because he reminded me of Vladi. And I asked him, I said, and this was a halftime, I said, Vladi, you're the only guy that I reminds me of. And he goes, oh, he's already better than me. This is like his second year in the league before yeah. he got all the accolades. We're in London playing a game, and Isaiah Thomas played with Detroit. I tell him for the game, I said, watch this kid. I'm, I think this kid's going to be the best player that's ever played uh, for, for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I said, he reminds me of Vladi. I don't know, maybe a younger supposed, but let's be honest, Dan, you, you were coming again. Oh, there's my daughter. Say hello to Mr. Patrick. There you go. <laughs> Only on the Dan Patrick show. <laughs> um, but I said, Isaiah, watch this guy because I think he's the best that's ever going to play for the Nuggets. And I said, see who he reminds you of. And we came back and put him on the show in the, in the third quarter. And we said, who do you think? And he goes, he reminds me of Magic Johnson. So I, I've wow. seen some comparisons of that um, from an early part in his career. And, and, and I would say this. When, remember when uh, uh, anybody comes out that's good. Dirk Nowitzki came out, and I remember the draft. I was working for Turner during the draft. 
And everybody said, well, he's a Larry Bird. He's a Larry Bird type. All these guys get compared to guys until they do what they do and what Joker's doing. And now it's time for everybody to start comparing, you know, themselves to Joker. I don't think he's like anybody. He's got a little magic. He's got a little bit of Bill Russell rebounding-wise. He's got a little bit of touch of, of a Tim Duncan, who, by the way, was his favorite player growing up in Europe. Um, he's he's Nikola Jokic. He's, I'm telling you. We had Dan Issel on, on my radio show. Yes, Dan Issel already said he's the best best Nuggets ever played. Dan Issel's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I told people that this is a great time to be able to watch him play because he's not a highlight guy. He's a game guy. And there's certain guys who are like that, that you watch the game and then you go, okay, I get it. Because if you don't, it's like Kawhi Leonard. You watch Kawhi Leonard and you're going, all right, no highlights. But watch him during a game and you go, okay, I get it. Controls the tempo. And I think Joker does that. We're talking to Scott Hastings, the uh, Nuggets TV color analyst, former NBA player. Uh, I was also wondering about this with the altitude. When you play in a city, you know, you're going to be playing in a series in a city, like obviously Denver. Uh, Is there less of an impact or more of an impact with the altitude on the Lakers? Uh, I think there's more. I think statistics have kind of proved that through the year and the analytics of, of blood science and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I will say this. I don't know if you guys have talked about this. I thought last night was one of the, if not the most important game of the series. One, L.A. had won every game in the series. This is going to be the only game, either team, either team, but Denver last time I looked doesn't have a guy with 20 years on his legs. But it's going to be the only team that everybody's going to be rested, because now every game go every game now goes every other day with travel in between games two and three, and travel in between games four, five, five and six, whatever. And, and I thought it was important for Denver to win the game by hook or by crook, um, because now it, it's going to be fast and furious. And I think that side's better with guys that are in their you know mid-20s, then, then late-30s. You played, well, at least you were at games. I watched. When Jordan played, when Bird played, when Magic played. Um, any any favorite story? You got a story out of any of those three? Man, I, I yeah, I'm going to tell you one quick one. This, this Jordan's Jordan, right? Jordan's still Jordan. 30 years later, Jordan's still Jordan. Uh, I'm with the Miami Heat. I'm an OG. I was on the expansion team. And we're playing in Chicago. And Jordan comes off a pick about 16 feet, elbow extended. I come off hedge. He pulls up a jumper. I catch him, block it. And it goes out of bounds. Baby, bang, horn blows. I'm getting subbed out. So I go to the bench, and I'm thinking, <laughs> Scott Hastings. I just blocked Michael Jordan's jump shot. I, you know, hey, I'm coming over. I come down, sit down, not a peep. I don't get, I don't get a, a pat on the butt from the coaches. I don't get a, you know, out of boy. You I woke him get, up. You woke him up. I don't, get, I don't get nothing. I get down and sit there, get some water, get a towel, roll my face, sit down, still nothing. Now, it's, now I'm stewing. I mean, I, Scotty, I just, <laughs> I finally get up. After sitting down on the bench for about 30 seconds, and I faced the whole bench, you know, I'm standing on the court, and I said, tell Michael Jordan to get that <laughs> out of there. The whole bench, and including the coaching staff, 
fall out in the middle of the game. Now, we're expensive teams won 15 games. They fall out in the middle of the game because somebody had set up, hey, let's see how long it takes for Hastings has to say something. <laughs> for blocking the shots. So, yeah, that, I don't Listen, I, I played the great era. Uh, I, you know, Charles and I have had a lot of fun with the TNT stuff. and We had some rivalries when he was with Philly and I was with Detroit. Uh, I got to play against Bird. I, I've become okay friends when Kevin McHale took over for Minnesota. I got to talk to him all the time. Um, I played the great era. I, I, I played. I, I got to watch some. Of, and you were covering those games, yeah. man. You know, yeah. it, it was some of the greatest individual and teams that, that will ever play, period. You are second all time, I think, with fewest starts. Yeah, Paulie. Minimum 500 games played in NBA history. Scott Hastings has 19 starts. That's second all-time fewest starts to Scotty Brooks. 680 games played, uh, seven starts. Okay. And I would have been a better coach. Than Scotty Brooks? Oh, come on now. Okay. Come on now. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Scotty's a good dude. Uh, but but uh, somebody can look it up. I think I was probably 18 in one of my starts. <laughs> or, or better yet. Better yet, don't look it up, and let's just yeah. say that yeah. for, for future appearances. Yeah. 18 1 and it's 19 starts. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, you're still doing it, though. Still entertaining. Hey, yeah. Dan, you got such a special show. My daughter and now my cat has jumped up on my lap. So, I mean, only on the Dan Patrick show. <laughs> Good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you again. 90% of my day, and, then, and I'm on a national show, and I get them <laughs> Now they love me. Thank you, Scott. Uh, I love you, man. Scott Hastings, Nuggets TV color analyst, former NBA player. He uh, was a member of the 1990 NBA champion Pistons. Uh, fun guy. Great sense of humor there. Uh, so we got the poll question. has to do with how do you feel about last night's game if you're the Lakers. Right, Seaton? Yep, that's the one. You want all some early uh, voting? All right. Yeah. Uh, right now, about 58% of the audience say the Lakers just saved face last night. Mm. But lots of people think that they let one slip away. I do. I do. That game was, it was LeBron right LeBron missed a couple of free throws, missed a shot. It's a one-point game if he hits those free uh, throws. Reeves misses a, a three. They had good looks there. Uh, let's see. Solomon in L.A. leads us off this morning. Hi, Solomon. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, I'm a disgruntled L.A. fan. I think they let one get away, specifically LeBron in crunch time. I know he had a trip, you know, great game, triple-double, whatever. Here, here's his record on, 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 on in crunch time. Blue to two free throws, right? Throws up a three. Again, the man is shooting 23%. You're not Steph, okay? Yeah. You're more like Russell Westbrook. Stop with the three-point shots, especially with 40 seconds to go. Then with 26 seconds to go, he drops a pass. Game over. Now, why I'm really irritated about the three thing is this is the man that, that prides himself on making the correct basketball play. That's not the correct basketball play, LeBron. LeBron. So he let me down, and I think he let his team down in crunch time. Right. Don't take me to the altar and forget to, and forget to bring the ring. All right. Thank you, Solomon. Uh LeBron fallen in love with the three. Like, he wants to prove that he's a shooter. He's a scorer. I mean, all-time leading scorer, he's not an all-time leading shooter. And when he falls in love with that three, and he's streaky. 
but, you know, got to hit your free throws. I mean, these great players do great things, and he didn't, he didn't when they needed him to do that last night. Shannon in Indiana. Hi, Shannon. What's on your mind today? Morning, DP fellas. How are you? Hey, bud. Good. Um, hey, I just wanted to comment. You know, you were talking about the legacy stuff, and I agree with you, LeBron. He overexceeded. I'm just wondering, you know, they're talking about this guy, this European guy. Yeah. Or whatever. But uh, what about the Manning dude coming up? <laughs> he's going to be more hyped than ever. Look at the NIL money he's already got. He ain't even played a college game. Man. Yeah, it, that's true. Arch Manning. And he won't be the starting quarterback at Texas. Quinn Ewers is going to be. But, yes, there's a whole lot of hype with the uh, family uh, lineage there with uh, his grandfather and, of course, uh, his uncles. But, yeah, there, there's a lot of players who had a lot of hype going into their sport. And, and you know, there's not enough people who remember when Luel Sindor was coming out of college. First of all, he's the greatest college player of all time. Not even close. He's the greatest, most dominating player he won three titles. If he was allowed to play as a freshman, he would have won four titles. Most outstanding player. He lost, I think, two games in his entire college career. And one was when he had a scratch cornea. And the other one was when, I think, USC held the ball. Uh, so him going in, there was a coin flip between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. The winner got Lou Alcindor. The loser of the coin toss got Neil Walk. There was a whole lot of hype around Lou Alcindor. And then Milwaukee won that. Neil Walk went to the Phoenix Suns. Changed basketball history there. But LeBron, the hype. Lou Alcindor was known as a high school player back then. So you didn't have social media. He was known. It was like Power Memorial. This Have you seen this kid? And then where was he going to go to school? Leaves New York, goes to L.A., plays for John Wooden. He wins three national championships. That can't be understated how big he was. So Victor Wambayama is a curiosity right now. How many people have seen a game that he's played? Like a full game? And the answer is probably none of you. You watch. It's like when Luca was playing. I saw the highlights and I go, he can't be this good. And then I watch the game and I go, yeah, he is this good. And he was like 16 or 17 going against grown men. But Victor Wambayama is a curiosity. We've seen the highlights. We know how tall he is. We know his wingspan. We know he's got handle. We saw, you know, the summer league game, the preseason game. And then there was the, oh, okay. And then you realize he is a, he's got great, great potential there. I don't know why this bothered me, but it did just because it's the recency bias of, oh my gosh. Because we've had, oh my God, I, I can go back to Felipe Lopez. Remember that hype? Yes. Sebastian Telfair. Remember that hype? It doesn't always work out. Jabari Parker. How about Amani Bates, a freshman in high school? And we were hearing about him. How about OJ Mayo? Amani Bates as a freshman was considered, I think, the best player in Michigan. Where's he now? Didn't he end up at Eastern Michigan? And I think he's at a rookie tryout. Yes, Marv. Yeah, I was watching yesterday because, again, I don't have a life. I was watching the NBA Draft Combine, and I saw Imani Bates there. Three years ago, there's no way. I would have bet the house 
I would have bet my house that Imani Bates would not be at a draft combine. Yeah. He'd be sitting there at the draft lottery last night yes. with the rest of the top prospects. Yes. Yeah, Paul. Superstars don't go to directional schools. That's a model. I've mm. always had that. Mm. If you're, you're not going to Eastern, <laughs> Western, Northwestern-ish. Let's take a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or, I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Spent a lot of time talking about Lakers and the Nuggets. Also the Spurs. Greg Popovich moving forward at age 74. Is this your fountain of youth coming in from France with Victor Wambayama? 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. He's the voice of the Yankees. He's Michael Kay from the S Network. And uh, the Yankees still in Toronto. 
And then they head on to Cincinnati, and Michael joins us. Now, Mike, thanks for joining us. Let me go back to the other night with uh, Aaron Judge with his little side-eye look to wherever he was looking. Did you notice anything at that time? No, because we were more fixated on the fact that Boone had just got thrown out, Dan. Uh, so we're working the uh, the center field camera from far away. We're not zooming in on his eyes. I don't know if, if Toronto was tipped off that something like this could happen. That was certainly not even uh, a point. Uh, of uh, of observation by either me or, or David Cohn or our producer and director because we were on a, 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 the center field camera, never saw his eyes. Then did you understand what was going on or the controversy? When did you realize that there was uh, at least a question mark attached to this? After the game, uh, because it was in the eighth inning that that happened, and then he hit the monster home run. I think it became a big thing. They showed the eyes darting, Dan. And then, obviously, he hits this home run 462 feet. So after the game, just looking through social media, you could see that the, the darting eyes became a thing. And that's certainly something that people are going to run with because you've got the reigning MVP, the guy who broke the uh, American League home run record last year, who has a pristine reputation. So uh, this is going to make people think a little bit, and it did. You had the Blue Jays pitcher who said that his he was tipping his pitches, or he was told he was tipping his pitches. Um, I had a couple of questions with this. If Judge is looking over, but he's disappointed in his teammates, they're chirping at the time, and that he can't step out of the box and say, guys, will you stop, or whatever it might be. But he's tipping his pitches. Your first base, third base coaches are not in the coaching boxes as well, that they're up a little bit higher, so maybe they could look in for a signal. Um, Let's play conspiracy theorist here. Is there any... Can you see, even though you're not maybe neutral being the Yankee broadcaster, is there any validity to any of this with Aaron Judge maybe trying to get some kind of an advantage? Well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I mean, he, first of all, he, he didn't call timeout. He, he only had one timeout per bat, and he had already called it. And the way he was darting his eyes, there's no way his teammates could see that he was darting his eyes. You know, I was told later, you know, he was trying to, like, see who was talking uh, so he could address it later. All of that is all fun and games. What happened was that the Yankees were doing good old-fashioned baseball gamesmanship. They picked up a tip. They picked up a, a tell, and they knew what pitch he was going to throw. Uh, and so the, it was probably be relayed by Travis Chapman, the, the first base coach. Uh, and when when uh, when judges asked about it later, Dan, you, you know, you can't admit that. You don't want the Blue Jays <laughs> signs. Yeah. So that he was looking into the dugout about the chirping. And the chirping, I'm, pr- I'm probably sure, did bother him because it was going on for quite a while. They were up 6 nothing, But he obviously received uh, a tip from Travis Chapman, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's been going on in baseball for 130 years. As long as you don't pick up a sign electronically, there's nothing wrong with it. It's It just tells the Blue Jays, be better, be tighter. Even John Schneider said that, that to protect their signs better. And, and as for the coaches being out of the box, I don't know, Dan. I guess every single one of the 60 base coaches in baseball stand out of the box. For one reason, you don't want to get killed. I mean, with Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge up, do you really think that Luis Rojas wants to be close to the the box? He's got to be down the left field line or he could get killed. What do you see in Aaron Judge if there's anything different this year as as opposed to last year? Just locked in. He actually wants to be better. Uh, and uh, he, he was working on some things in a two-strike approach during spring training, which I think he's put to the back burner. But uh, you look at his numbers, and, and remember, he, he missed 10 games 
well, with the hip injury, and his numbers are still extraordinary with 11 home runs. Uh, he's just uh, he's one of the best players in baseball. If it wasn't for Otani, who was a unicorn, I think you could say he's clearly the best player in baseball. He's in the middle of his prime. He's amazing. And you know what else I see, Dan? He's incredibly beloved by his teammates. And you and I have been around athletes a long time. Sometimes the stars are not like that much. There's jealousy. People don't wish the best for them in quiet moments. When he hit that 60-second home run last year, Dan, every single Yankee was as overjoyed for him as he was for himself. And I think that continues to this day. He embodies everything that you want a captain to be. So uh, the Yankees had to bring him back. They wanted to bring him back. And obviously he did come back. And I don't see the money or the length of contract affecting him at all. I'm still amazed at some of the pitches he hits out, Mike, because they look like meatballs. I'm, I'm still amazed that you don't either go inside or go outside. Like, I have to treat him like Barry Bonds. I, I, there's a bread box there, and I'm not going into that bread box. If he hits a bad ball home run, God bless him. But some of these pitches, it feels like batting practice for him. Is it just the pitching today and, you know, their approach? I mean, they're, they're throwers. They're not many pitchers. Well, I was amazed all year, Dan, especially in the second half of last year when everybody was hurt but him. He really carried the Yankees during that stretch. And that people were still pitching to him. But then when he got close to 60, all of a sudden the pitchers and the teams didn't want to be the victims of the, of the milestone home runs. So they were very careful, and they walked him. And it took him a long time to get those home runs because of the way people approached him. I'm still stunned <laughs> that they don't pitch to him and treat him like Barry Bonds because why would you pitch to him? Because you'd say, okay, even when Stanton's healthy, you got to face Stanton or Rizzo behind him. And they're both fine players, but wouldn't you rather take your chances with them than with Aaron Judge? And even now, they're right back to challenging him and what did Einstein say? If you do the same thing over and over and the results are the same, well, this insanity. So, uh, I mean, good for him, good for the fans to watch him hit home runs, but it is a little odd. And one other thing about, you know, darting to the eyes and getting the pitch, maybe from Chapman, Dan, you would have hit that ball over the left field wall. It was a hanging <laughs> slider. There's no sign for that. Uh, well, I would admit that I cheated, though. I, I would say, yes, I got I got tipped off. Plus, didn't it, didn't the pitcher throw like six consecutive sliders? Like at at one yeah. point, you go, uh, how about something else? Right. I don't think he had to be told that another slider was coming. <laughs> I thought, sorry, the guy's thirty five years old. I believe he's been on twelve teams, uh, three different countries, uh, and you know it was a moment for him. But he he really threw a really bad pitch. So even if you picked up location, I don't think they were picking up pitches, Dan, because obviously it's given by Pitchcom. So they were picking up location. The location was low and away. He clearly missed the location. Yes. So picking up the location didn't help judge in that home run. Uh, Diego Herman with the illegal substance. What do you think he had on his hand there, Michael? I think they put like an overabundance of rosin and sweat, and it gets really, really sticky. And I think that one thing that baseball has to do, and believe me, Dan, I'm not absolving Herman. When you've already been ticketed, like, and you know the guys behind the sign on the merit, you don't go fast by that sign. He was already stopped against the Minnesota Twins on Jackie Robinson Day, and he did the same thing. That is not that smart. Now, I think that baseball has to give a baseline. This is what's acceptable. This is what's not. Every single umpire has a different opinion of what sticky is. Yeah. And uh, James Hoy said he's never seen a hand that sticky yesterday. So I'm sure Boone didn't argue. Um, Boone looked like he was pretty chapped at Herman. 
but they've got to come up with a substance. This is what you could put on your hand. This is how much you could put on it. And another thing I think they should do as well, Dan, if you look at Herman's spin rates, they didn't go up. So, I mean, what's the sticky stuff for other than get a better feel and maybe command of the pitch? But if they go up 300, 400 revolutions, then you know they're using the sticky stuff for something nefarious. But I think that even Max Scherzer, his his RPMs did not go up that much. I think that's what should be looked at. And if you see a spike in the RPMs, then obviously that's when you could step in and check the hand. If the Angels are out of the playoff chase by the trade deadline, could you see the Yankees making an offer for Otani? I could see every team making an offer, but the dangerous part is I think that Otani is going to become a free agent. So if the Angels are going to trade one of the greatest players who ever lived, they're going to want a big, big return. Do you want a big, big return going to the Angels? And you might have the guy for two months. Now, there's some school of thought, well, let's get him, show him how great it is here, and then all of a sudden he'll he'll be more apt to sign. This guy's going to cost over $50 million a year. I don't know if anybody's going to give up to the Angels what they need to give up just for a two-month rental. Could it happen? I think everybody would be interested at the right price, but I, I think Artie Moreno's going to try to keep him too. I mean, how do you let that guy go? Because not only is he a great player, he makes a team a lot of money off the field. Yeah, but does he want to stay? All he has to do is look around and see Mike Trout and go, that guy's got three playoff games in a Hall of Fame career. It's funny, Dan. I sat next to um, Otani when he, he just signed with the Angels. Uh, this was at the Baseball Writers Dinner in New York. And, you know, he, he said to me, you know, he speaks English pretty well. He goes, why is everybody so upset that I didn't come to New York? I said, because they wanted you to play here. They wanted to see you play. And he goes, well, maybe next time. But I know at that point he wanted to, you know, he wanted to be on the West Coast, closer to Japan. Maybe that's changed right now. I think he would be uh, somewhat short-sighted to eliminate the New York Yankees and the New York Mets and Steve Cohen's oodles of money, even if you don't want to go there, at least play the game so you can up the Dodgers offer and the Padres offer and the and the Angels offer. But I think he's going to consider everybody and, I don't think he's as intimidated about the East Coast anymore. Good to talk to you, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, Dan. Have a great day. Michael K., Yankee play-by-play announcer for your Yes Network. Had a lot to talk about. Tonight and tomorrow in Toronto. Then they head to Cincinnati. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, let's see. Nick in Houston. Hi, Nick. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan. How are you doing? Good, Nick. What's on your mind? Good. Hey, i got a question for Seton, hoping he can help me out. Uh, but a little bit of backstory. Sadly, my dad passed away last summer, and becoming a member of the DDC wasn't a club I was looking forward to joining. Uh, baseball was always important to us. And in a nod to Pops, my wife, son, and I are flying to Omaha next Friday to watch Big Ten baseball tournament game. We're going to have a catch in Dyersville the next morning. We're going to take an uh, afternoon Cubs game on Memorial Day. And... We needed some help from, uh, from Seton because since the Super Bowl road trip, I've had a need to go to Des Moines, and we're going to stop in town Saturday night. Can I take my 8-year-old to El Bait Shop? I want to know if he has any other rec- recommendations while we're in town. All right. Nick, who has joined us with the Dead Dad Club and uh, going to the Field of Dreams to have a catch, and Seton, of course, took the French kid on a road trip to the Super Bowl. How old was his son? Uh, eight. Date. Eight. 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 
Man, you know, uh, El Bait Shop and there's another bar right next door to it that the name I just can't think of right now are awesome places. I would bring my son there. I'd be totally cool with it. I got no problems with that. Right. It's a great spot. A really great place. All right. We love uh, Desmond. Uh, safe travels, Nick. Thank you. Yes, Paul. What's kind of the policy on bringing kids to a bar? I, I think like eight, it's kind of cute and cool. And it's funny because the kid obviously can't drink. Mm. I think you can't bring a kid to the bar when the kid's like 16. I always love when you go to Ireland and then you'll have the parents at the bar and then the kids are playing behind the bar. <laughs> like, you know, the, you belly up to the bar and mom and dad on a Sunday night and the kids are, you know, sort of playing elsewhere in the uh, bar restaurant. Yes. You can. I don't think you're taking your kid to the bar. You're going to the bar to get something to eat with your kid. And then it's just, no, we're just going to get a bite to eat. They got good burgers here. So. Well, it's not like when I grew up where I sat with my dad at the bar. At the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, back then, nobody said anything. Right. It'd be like, hey, Jack, uh, you got your one of your sons. Yep, this is Dan. And I'd go, I have a Fanta. I'll like, take a Fanta orange, please. I definitely have memories of, like, after the uh, adult softball game, everybody going back to Lagoda's, and I would just play uh, shuffleboard yeah. for a little while. Yeah, I'd play bumper pool and yeah, have yeah, uh, yeah. An, a Fanta orange. <laughs> I don't know if you can still do that now. Yes, Todd. Or taking your kids to Hooters because you love the wings. I so did much. take them to Hooters. <laughs> what? But that's I, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I, I took them to Hooters. Why did I take them to Hooters? When my wife shut off the cable when we were getting ready for the kids to go back to school. Her fault. And it was a Saturday, and we're I needed not supposed to tell you. <laughs> I know. My youngest, my youngest Molly, she always, always, always tells the truth. Even when she shouldn't tell the truth. And that's when I said, do not tell mom we went to Hooters. We get in the door. We're not even in the door, I don't think. Hey, mom, I'm not supposed to tell you we went to Hooters. And my wife goes, what? I go, go outside, kids. And then I explain to her, you know, I'm a sportscaster and I need to watch college football at Hooters. Just down the street and got to have some wings as well. Did she come back with there's eight other bars that don't have that theme in um, the neighborhood? She did not. <laughs> she did not. Maybe it's good that she did not. I would have gone to another place. It's just Hooters had a lot of TV as I was watching, you know, noon football on a Saturday. Yes, Mark. They had a lot of what? Oh, you said TVs. TVs. Okay. They had a lot of TVs there. Yeah, you did your breast. Oh. <laughs> okay, after you. Okay. Yeah. I figured someone's going there. Might yeah. as well okay. start it up. I think it's the first time my son might have noticed something. And uh, he loved the color orange after that. Sure. Yeah. They love... Can I paint my room orange? Well, what, what, what shade of orange? You know, like a Hooters orange, please. No, you can't. No. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Red- all right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. 
but there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. G. Miller will be on the call. Tonight's Eastern Conference Finals. Game 1, Heat, Celtics, tip-off. And Boston will be 8.30 Eastern on TNT. We'll get to that coming up. Who was skinnier at age 19? You, Kevin Durant, or Victor Wambayama? Wow. Uh, I'll rank them in this order. I'll go I'll go Victor one. Ooh. Me two. KD three. I was pretty I was pretty loud. I think I was one seventy two or three. And, and you're I, six, I six, six, seven. You're six, seven, one seventy three ish when the Pacers selected me in eighty seven. All right, the expectations for Victor Wambayama should be what his first year in San Antonio. Well, look, if they're putting the same expectations they put on LeBron James, who was anointed the chosen one by himself and by Sports Illustrated. Rookie of the year and the second coming. Look, I've seen all the the same highlights and uh, that you have. And this young man looks like he has everything it takes to be the next great one. So I think everything short of a rookie of the year. Um, and I think he's going to the perfect franchise. If again, I think San Antonio will make the smart call and. 
draft him number one, you're going to a system where they're known to highlight the big men, David Robinson, obviously Tim Duncan, and you're next in line. Um, Popovich is one of the greatest NBA coaches we've seen. I think they'll mold him in that right direction. So everything short of a rookie of the year, I think, should be on his plate. But Popovich and, like, evolving into today's NBA, he's never really embraced the three. Um doesn't seem like it's a, you know, wide open, fun type of basketball. Um, but I wonder with him, with Wimbayama, do you let him go? Is he going to be a featured guy? Because, I mean, Pop's pretty conservative. I think he was conservative. I got to disagree with you a little bit. They played an old school type game when David Robinson was there. Okay. And they went, look, they went through different times. So it was David Robinson. Then they they shifted the offense for Tim Duncan, and when Tim Duncan started to get a little bit older, it was Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. So they did kind of switch to the threes and wide open, more space, the passing. Um, and Pop has evolved with the times. It depends on who's going to surround um, Victor as well, what other players. they got a very young team. Um, but, again, I think Pop is the right man if you want to learn what the NBA is all about, I think Pop is, is the right answer here. He's 74. I know. AJ, nothing but a number. I mean, Oh, no, I, but, I, but the thing is, is I wonder if they didn't win this lottery, is Pop going to, you know, does he coach longer? Or, or you know, is he going to maybe one or two more years? But well, now with Victor Juan Bayama, you know, you're going to want to stay a little bit longer, I think. But let's not forget, Pop is coming off a gold medal as well, coaching these younger players and all that. So it's not like he's out of touch. He just won a gold medal in the recent Olympics, and probably he's going to do it again in France coming up. So, I mean, we, I don't want to focus in on his age. I focus in on what he has done for the game and his ability to coach these younger players. Yeah, and, and that's fair. I, I just wonder, you know, the passion to continue to coach when you get to be 74, and is it? do, do you look and say – do I, I, I guarantee you this. He woke up this this morning feeling 44. <laughs> he woke up this morning feeling 44 instead of 74 All right. after getting that. How does LeBron feel today waking up after what happened last night? Well, it, it's difficult because it, you have seen and called a lot of playoff games. When you get an opportunity and you're that close to winning a road playoff game, you have to get those games. Again, they put themselves in the hole down 21 as early as the third quarter, and they scratched and clawed their way to get back, and they had opportunities. LeBron misses two or four free throws down the stretch. He misses a three up top to tie it, and then he gets stripped in the end. Um so if you're LeBron, you're not feeling great, but you're also optimistic. We were this close to getting game one. Uh, we have another opportunity to, you know, still home court advantage in game two. They made some minor adjustments in terms of their coverage on Jokic, putting uh, Ruby on him as opposed to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis became the roamer and the rim protector, which helped. Um, so let's see if that, factors in in game two. But I wonder, and we talked to Scott Hastings in the first hour, the Nuggets broadcaster, and he said, if I was going to change up the defense and bring in Rui Hachimura, I would have done that to start game two 
because then they have to adjust in the game as opposed to now you've got 48 hours to prepare for that defensive strategy by the Lakers. And again, that worked for a quarter and a half. It was successful. But don't think that Coach Malone and the Nuggets are not going to adapt and adjust, and Jokic is not going to adjust to, to Rui. One thing that Jeff Van Gundy pointed out, and he's correct, I didn't like Aaron Gordon being at the hash mark because uh, Anthony Davis was guarding him, and yeah. he could be that rim protector. You've got to keep Anthony Davis out of the paint to allow Jokic to go to work on Rui. He, he was bringing his man too close to him. If Gordon is out, Anthony Davis is not there, and you've got to trust your jump shot if you're Anthony Gordon. I was telling people to start the show, a lot of times we'll watch basketball, but we watch highlights. It's rare yeah. when we sit down and watch a game, and maybe a game that may not have excitement written all over. Because Joker is not exciting. He's just a brilliant basketball player. But now, because the Lakers are in this, you're watching a full game. So now you get to see just how, how he does it. Because he's not going to make the highlights on SportsCenter every night. You know, be a crisp bounce pass or maybe, you know, a nice little uh, you know, three-pointer. Now you're watching and you're going, damn, that's how he does it. And there's certain players, though, Reds, that you have to watch him in a game as opposed to you're watching a highlight and you're going, God, that guy's unbelievable. Kawhi Leonard's like that for me. When Kawhi was Kawhi, he didn't make the highlights because it'd be a you know a nice fifteen foot you know foul line extended jumper at the end of the game or something. The Joker is kind of forcing people to watch exactly how he does what he does. I would also throw probably Jimmy Butler in there there too. Yeah. And you're like, oh, huh, time. okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see it. And then when you watch a full forty eight minute game of the Joker, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler. You learn to appreciate it. It's precision basketball when you're watching um, Nicola because the best compliment that he's getting is during live action, and if you're looking at Twitter or reading things like that, you see other NBA players commenting like, this is unbelievable. Like DeJounte Murray saying, how is this this dude not a three-time MVP? When your peers are commenting how great you are playing and, and the effect that you're having on the game. Um, you're right. Sometimes it can be boring. People are used to dunks and the fancy passes and, you know, jumping out of the gym. You're not going to get that with Jokic. What you're going to get is proper footwork, boxing out, persisting passing, um, making free throws, uh, rebounding in space, and great teamwork. And, to me, that's coaches can appreciate that, and your teammates can appreciate that. There's a Tim Duncan feel to his game. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, just kind of um, structured, not exciting, but extremely efficient. And, you know, Tim, a better defender, Jokic, a better passer. But, you know, sort of that footwork and, uh, you know, kind of systematic torture that they gave you. You look up and you go, wait. Those are the numbers that he had. And there are some guys where you go, wait, he only had like 21 <laughs> points? And there are other guys who have 30, and you go, how did he have 30? Well, and he, again, and you go back to guys that Tim Duncan had to go against. Kevin Garnett shaking his head, the best I've ever played against. Shaquille O'Neal, who 
got locked horns a lot with those Lakers Spurs moments, shaking his head. Tim Duncan, and it's funny because we we you know we started off this segment talking about Victor. If I'm Pop, yeah. I'm bringing back Tim Duncan. Hey, <laughs> every practice, every film session, come on back because I want you to teach this young man everything that's in your brain. We're talking to Reggie Miller. Be on the call tonight. It's game one in Boston at 8.30 Eastern on TNT. I'm wondering how the Heat steal this game, given that the Celtics just went through what they went through with the 76ers. And I saw where the ESPN analytics said Miami had a 3% chance to win this series. So you're doing the game. How does Miami steal this? Uh Jimmy Butler has to play like he played against Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, he was great to superb. He was fantastic. He absolutely carried them. And that's when Tyler Hero went down in that game one, and he just put the heat on his back, and, and they just rode him to, you know, to the finish line. He was good against New York, but other guys stepped up. I'm not telling him he has to – have a historic 56-point night like he did against Milwaukee. But if he plays like that and Struess, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, they knock down threes like they did in New York because those role players were great. If Jimmy Butler is great and those role players played like they played in that Knicks series, yes, they can steal game one and they can also win this series. The problem is you know what you're going to get with the Celtics. They've got the best defense and offense remaining of all the four playoff teams. Um, They've got great depth off the bench, and they can play big with Robert Williams and Al Horford, or they can play small bringing in Derek White. they got the sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, and the Heat don't have those bodies. Hero gone. Victor Oladipo gone. So these other guys have to step up. They've got to make threes, which they weren't great during the regular season, but they've been very good in the playoffs. Can they continue to make threes? And they've got to turn over Boston. If they can turn over Boston, which they've done all playoff series in their games, and get off in transition before Boston can set their defense, they have a shot. The best opening is in Milwaukee, Philly, or Phoenix. Wow. Well, I don't know. KD, Booker, and the and you got the Valley of the Sun. He, if you're a coach, that's very attractive. But Milwaukee, you got Giannis, a two-time MVP, and Chris Middleton, who only played 50 games last year, and Holiday. To me, those are the two most attractive spots if you're a head coach. Why did Doc Rivers get fired? Look, I'm going to try to be positive here, Theodore. But look, unfortunately, players have guaranteed contracts and the coaches will always be the first to go. Let me first start by saying that. Coaches are always first to go. But But man, these players got to look themselves in the mirror. That. These guys, some of those players on the, on that team, I'm not going to name names, are punks. They're punks. Come on, man. Doc is the fall guy. 
very much the same way Monty Williams, to me, was the fall guy in Phoenix. These players got to look themselves in the mirror. I'm putting this on the players. I'm sorry. If you could, I, I just am. If, if it was you could keep James Harden or you could keep Doc Rivers, but you couldn't keep them both, who would you keep? Because it feels like that may be what this came down to. You keeping James Harden or Doc Rivers? If I'm ownership group, yeah, yeah. I love me some James Harden. First ballot Hall of Famer. You I'm still keeping, love him? I, I love him, but I'm but I'm keeping Doc Rivers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I agree. I agree. First ballot Hall of Famer, and I have enjoyed watching him, but I would say, James, thank you. Some nice parting gifts here. And it's not guaranteed that James is going to stay there. No, no. So you got I, rid no, of no, Doc. No. Yeah. You got rid of Doc, and, and James Harden still can leave. Yeah, but they got to turn this over to Tyrese Maxey and, and Joel Embiid. They have to be the two-headed monster in there, you know, moving forward. All right, uh, I'm running out of time, but I want to get your take. If I said to you, John Morant wants to sit down and talk. What would you talk to John Morant about right now? And nobody's going to hear you. This isn't on camera. This is you, and and you're going to give him advice. What would you say to him? Uh, I want you to look at your inner circle, and I want you to write a list down of all your boys, all your homies, right? And I want to look at them all, and I want I want you to burn it up right now. You've got a clean house, young man. And look, the people that he has surrounded himself with, and some of this could be family involved as well. You've got to look at the whole picture, my friend, and what you have and what you can achieve, and right now what's being taken away from you. Which life do you want to live? But, Reg, you played with guys – who you probably had conversations with that they were yeah. doing stupid things. And that didn't mean they stopped doing stupid things. And look at them now. There's cautionary tales all throughout this league. There really is. You know, I can give you a handful of guys that I've played with or you've seen on other teams that have gone down this route. Where are they today? John ja Morant before all this, was being painted as one of the faces of the new league, of these new up-and-coming young players. And now he's being vilified to his own doing. You're right. This is not us catching him doing something. This is him doing it on his own phone. He self-induced all this. And it felt like the commissioner that this hurt him personally. Yeah, because you know what? We had a face-to-face. We sat down and we locked eyes. And I felt that we were on the same page because the commissioner only wants success for the Memphis Grizzlies and Jaw. And he felt the words coming out of Jaw's mouth, and he believed them. And the old phrase, bamboozled, hoodwink, led astray. That's how the commissioner feels, and he feels embarrassed. That's why it will probably be a heavy suspension coming you, to the start of next season. But could you imagine David Stern's approach as opposed to oh, Adam Silver? my He's lucky David Stern isn't a hold of this. He's so lucky David Stern is not at the helm of this. He would have been given the Ron Artest. He would have been gone. He would have been given the Ron Artest treatment, which was unfair and unjust. Let me just say that for the brawl. But he would have been given that type of treatment. Yeah, I always thought 
Ron, like maybe I misread his personality, but Ron Artest seemed like he was a kid, like he was fun. And what happened in Detroit, like just that moment set him off. But you were there with him all the time. Like, how would you describe his personality? He would have his moments where he would come in and out. Um, but I felt I could always rein him in at times and, and showed him and told him the big picture of things about winning. And once he could focus in on just winning as opposed to I'm not getting this and I, 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 and I could get him to focus on the we, 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 he understood that. And I'm glad he turned things around and he got a chance with the Lakers to win a championship. And I hope some of those lessons that in those conversations we had in the locker room, on the plane rides, the bus um, I think he, he understood the emphasis on we as opposed to the I. And these kids come in, you know, John thinks he knows everything at 23. Like, he's not going to listen to you. He'd be like, yeah, whatever, you know. You're an old guy, man. I, I got to do what I got to do, man. That's why old heads are so important on championship teams. Uh, Al Horford, that's why his presence is needed for the Celtics. Haslam, that's why his presence is valuable for the Miami Heat. Uh, DeAndre Jordan for Denver and LeBron for the Lakers. You've got to have old heads, guys that have seen and done, smelt, touched everything. Hey, by the way, you get a chance to talk about Al Horford, future Hall of Famer tonight. Are you happy about that? Because after that last game when he was old for six, <laughs> when you were texting during the game. He might get a triple single tonight, Reg. I'm just saying. you might. He's got the triple single going. <laughs> I think Al, right. Al may give me seven points, six <laughs> rebounds, four assists, two blocks. Hall of Fame. That's good, but that's good. Yeah. That's actually yeah. pretty good, yeah. you know, because yeah. Tatum and, and Brown are doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun tonight. Have fun tonight. Appreciate you, Theodore. Love you, Dennis. Reggie Miller, Hall of Famer, will be on the call tonight. Boston, game one, 8.30 Eastern on TNT. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits 
LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 